I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our scripture this morning is from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 6. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Please stand as you are able for the gospel reading from Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. This is God's word for God's people today. Thanks be to God.
I hope you see it. We have rose petals on the aisles coming down. Thanks to the children, we appreciate that. They have prepared us. We have the table prepared up here as a celebration, as we celebrate the love of God that we have with God, that God has for us, and the love that has created us. We come today to offer ourselves as a renewal of that love. And we will conclude uh, this part of the service with that renewal. So that will be forthcoming. But I wanted to share a little bit about what got us here. One of the stories that was very interesting, it was kind of on a halfway wadded up piece of paper in archives that are down in the basement of the church was a story about a local bartender in town. And he was quite the curmudgeon. In fact, he hated the church and let everybody know that came into the bar that that was how he felt. But this was the time before electronics, any electronics. And he loved music. So he would go to, once there was a building, as you'll hear, once there was a building, he would go to church and he would literally not listen to any of the words spoken. He'd plug his ears like this until there was a song. Well, one Sunday, he was tricked. And he actually heard some words of scripture from Matthew 13. If anyone hears my words, let them listen. If they have ears to hear, let them listen and understand. Well, he was so disturbed by those words that he had to actually come back on another Sunday, the next Sunday, and listen to what the preacher and what the congregation was sharing. He became a leader in the church. He gave his life over to the love of God, gave his life over to Christ because of the church. But your music still drew people in. It still does. <laughs> Draws people in because of the amazing music that we have. So that is a legacy that goes on and on. The first Christians here were served, they were known as Methodist Episcopals. They were served by circuit riders. And in Madison County, that was within homes. There was an early church building that was built. The pews in that church building were um, sawed off logs, split logs. Be grateful, folks, for a padded bench. <laughs> Sawed off logs, and they um, also had to bring, every member that attended had to bring their own candle to be able to see inside the building. After that, there was a church built on the corner of 11th and Meridian. And that church served until 1870. That building there served the congregation uh, that worshipped there. The building cost $1,200, a mint in those days. 
It was in 1871 that another church was built across the street. They decided to expand, to move. They did so. They went across the street. They built a beautiful brick building. And that building was there and used until 1900. That building was um, promoted, was identified as the most beautiful building in Anderson. Actually, in Madison County is the what I what I read. So it was evidently an amazing structure for its time. In 1900, this property was purchased, and this church was built. They saved up. They uh, scrimped and saved. They uh, eventually, will here, paid off that debt. But in um, 1900, this building lasted until December 23rd of 1960. So for 60 years, worship took place here. Uh, the um, education wing was built on to be able to expand and accommodate that program as well. And then there was the fire in 1960. Within 10 days, 42 persons were identified as a building committee and I love the way it's worded it says that the 42 and the congregation united to build and serve out their mission here to stay downtown Anderson and so the building continued what was rebuilt down here is the beautiful facility that we worship in today. I want to just share with you, this is from a celebration. These are your historical items, but I just want to share, this is the 170th celebration of this congregation that took place. We are now 193 years in ministry in Anderson, but I just want to sh share with you the end, I won't read it all, but the end of the mission statement that's published in that celebration. It says, may our congregation be a demonstration of God's love within and beyond our church doors whenever there is loneliness, injustice, or despair. May we know and demonstrate the joy of being reconciled to God through Christ. A legacy of love. God's love created us, not just individually, but created us as a church, drew us together as a church. God's love created us, sustains us, and continues to be our mission yet today. From the beginning until now. Quite a legacy of love. And our scriptures this morning, I chose two, um, obviously not limited to two. I could have continued on and on and on. Scripture is full of passages of love. But I chose from Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm 103 gives us a picture of what claiming that love looks like. How the love of God affects our lives and recommitting ourselves to it. 
David knew, knew God's love and shared that in this psalm, a beautiful psalm and words of affirmation of the love of God. And then we have Matthew 22. The greatest commandment Jesus says, very wise answer that he gave, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. In other words, with all that you are. And the second is to love others. You see, what was happening for Jesus, this was the Tuesday of Holy Week. Jesus was in Jerusalem, and there he was being just taunted relentlessly by Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, lawyers, chief priests, anybody that was connected in any way to the Jewish faith. They wanted to trip Jesus up. They wanted to figure out a way to stop him. You see, if there was no Christians at all, that would suit them just fine. In other words, it was quite a lot of adversity. And Jesus was very clever and wise in his answers. You see, this answer of loving God goes back to Deuteronomy 6.5. He's quoting the Old Testament, basically, which all of those who were trying to trip him up knew. And they would claim he was right. The second greatest commandment, they would also say, Jesus was right. And you see, Jesus' answers silenced them. Didn't stop them, but for that day, they were silenced. And so we have this legacy of love throughout Old and New Testament. We have talk of the love of God affecting our lives. And one of the images that's carried out throughout the New Testament especially is that Jesus is the bridegroom of the church. And that we are to love God as the spouse. In order that that intimacy that exists between two people that love each other to the extent of wanting to share all of their lives with one another, it's like that, to love God. But it has to be a healthy marriage. And sometimes there are some that just go through the motions found an article that was printed in 2017 and the gentleman's name of the who was the the subject of the article uh, was Scotty Wilson and Scotty Wilson was toted as a man who died penniless and alone he had been married more times than anyone else in recorded history as of 2017. I don't know if his record's been broken or not. I hope not. (laughs) 
He was married for the first time when he was 25. He was married 29 times. Some of them only lasted days. Other lasted years. He had 40 children from all those 29 marriages. When he died, his body went unclaimed. No one showed up. That's a marriage gone wrong. (laughs) Talk about a loveless life. No one came. That's not what we understand. In fact, when I offer marriage counseling or counseling on relationships, period, to folks, I talk about the commitment that's being anticipated. I mean, there's an expectation when you're entering into a relationship like a marriage. And you share everything, right? You share your finances, You talk about everything. Decisions need to be mutual. Not necessarily that every both sides are always going to agree, but the conversation has to happen for there to stay a healthy marriage. You talk about outside relationships, relationships with other people and friends. Talk about um, even how to deal with anger or conflict. Talk about those things. Everything's out on the table. Talk about how to spend time. Not just time together, while that's very, very important, but how to spend all our time. That's part of the conversation. That's part of what is shared in a healthy marriage. You see, those are exactly the things that we share when we enter into the love of God. We ought to share everything at that level with God. Everything ought to be a conversation with God. That's what Jesus was talking about when he was calling himself the bridegroom. Folks, this is what it looks like. This is how much you are supposed to love God and even more because God loves you more than any person could possibly love you. And so Jesus himself called himself the bridegroom. It's this kind of relationship. Now we think of love as kind of a flutter in the stomach and kind of an emotional feeling that we get, that's not what really a healthy marriage is all about. It's also not what Scripture is talking about when it talks about the love of God. That's why we get so hung up when Jesus says, love your enemies. It's kind of like, gosh, I just don't like them. How in the world am I going to love them? Love is meant in Scripture for us to share with one another and with God. It's an action. Emotions come 
but it's meant to be an action. We can act in loving kindness. We can offer mercy and grace on God's behalf. We live out our love. That's what we are recommitting to. That's what we are called to do. 